<laughs> Yo, they're on? Yes, sir. Yeah, they've been on, even when he said that. That's All right, cool. store credit. <laughs> Hello, store credit. The DC Files. We're sup, back. Sup, sup. We got Andy. You already know what time you it is. You already know what time it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hola, hola, to my hola. right, we got... Never mind. Um, <laughs> so today's today. special guest is one of our hosts, DC Hello. Nathan. Bueno. Per, 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 per. Oh, can we hit the hit the green one? Top green one. Let's go. Yes, sir. Hit it a couple times. All right. Let's go. All right, cool. We got DC in the building. All right, DC. How was your weekend? My weekend was great. Um, went out with the these two fellows on Friday night. Oh yeah, I forgot. had a blast. Um, and then the weekend I just chilled. I worked on Sunday or Saturday. New Year's Eve. Little Jimmy on Sunday. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, I slept in for New Year's. That was great, you know. Wow. Start fresh on Sunday and had a solid day. What about y'all? I did nothing. Nice. Um, I went to Justin Reed's dinner at Horses on Friday. That was cool. Um, And then from there, we went to uh, Exchange with Andy. I was low-key full. So I was like, I'm not going to go. But then I knew if I didn't show up, Andy would have been sick because he saved me a spot. Andy would have had a field day. Yeah, he would have had a field day. No. But I showed up. I bought Worky a bottle. And then I left. I would have not had a field day. That was my weekend. And then uh, slept it. Didn't do nothing for New Year's. And then I worked on Sunday. And then that's it. How about you, Andy? Same thing. Um, My girlfriend's birthday was that day. We did that. Uh, New Year's Eve. I was kind of hungover. Kind of sucked. My bad. Yeah, I know I told y'all not to drink, but sometimes it happens. So I did that. Uh, I almost slept through the new year, almost. But then I was like, happy new year with me and my girl. And then I just went to sleep right after, like 12.05. Sick. Um, Yeah, and then now we're here. Went to the gym. Paid for it at the gym. I made sure I was like, "Uh, I'm not feeling it. But I made sure I was like, nah, I'm still lifting heavy. I'm still running extra hard. You know, I got to pay for it at the gym. So yeah, happy new year. Sick. Happy New Year. Um, but yeah, DC, uh, we're going to press you about some issues. Oh no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, how'd you get into shoes? Um, keep it a buck. It kind of started with my cousins. So like one of my cousins used to take care of me uh, like and my brother when my parents wanted to go out and live their life. And he was always in the Jordans like, and he would have like the East Bay magazines and that type of stuff laying around his room. So when I would uh, chill at his crib, he'd always have the new Jordans. And then um, I would look at the magazines. I'd be like, damn, this is fire. And then... Um, 10 push-ups. Yeah, I know. It's cool. <clears throat> Worth it. Um, but yeah, I would say that's how like... And, you know, my mom would hold me down. And like whenever she could, she would get me like the new Jordans that would come out. So like, she always try to keep me and my brother fresh. But I would say, like, the thing that really got me, like, into shoes would be uh, when I caught my first pair of SBs. Because um, so I went to school, like, in West L.A. Uh, for high school. I went to uni and Emerson for middle school, if y'all know. And our local, like, skate shop, well, like, the mom and pop one was Hot Rod. So they used to have an SB account. Um, they're still around. They just, like, do vans. And I think, like, they're a barbershop now. And then there was also an active not that far from there. So whatever, I remember I would like save on my little allowance and whatnot. And it was the weekend of uh, the old love, new love pack coming out, which was uh, the Jordan ones, the black and yellow, and then the black toe. They were mids, but you know people wanted them because nobody cared about mids at that time. <laughs> so it was that that came out, and then um, there was a mall up the street from Hot Rod called Westside Pavilion. R.I.P. It's not there no more. Um, <laughs> so whatever I was like damn I really want these ones but let me go see what Hot Rod have cause you know they always had all the like cool shoes that, and even like at that time I always liked to like kinda not have what like I knew other people at school would have but whatever I went over there and I guess a pair of P-Rods just came out the P-Rod ones which was uh, actually a collab with Stash and I was like yo man I'm gonna get these P-Rods instead of this uh, pack and I would say that's like kinda what started it Cause even I remember like I would go to school and people would be like, yo, what the hell are you wearing? Da, 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 da. And I'm not going to lie. I like the, I like the fact that people would like be like, yo, like, what is that? Yeah. What is that? Like, where, yeah. how'd you get that? Or where'd you get that from? So it like kind of became a thing uh, to where like now, like we already had the internet or whatever. And I've always been like, kind of like reserved, quiet, like even more then than now. So I wouldn't be on the forums, like talking to people and whatnot, but I would still like do my research and like, you know, 
find out what was the new stuff coming out. And I would say like, that's kind of how I got my uh, ball rolling with like where I would say I became a sneakerhead. And then what was the time? Obviously you were in the sneakerheads, you were doing your thing. Mm-hmm. How did you get yourself into riff? Cause I remember in, when we did his interview, he was yeah. talking about that. What led you to get into there and what was it that made you even want to go into there in the first place? So riff was a thing where like I would go to mostly on the weekends. Cause that's when I would have like, time like at first i used to go on the bus because yeah. i didn't have a car and it was like the the shop that you could find like steals for sure because nobody else was selling like dope stuff that nobody else had that was pre-owned like yeah you have flight club but they were always taxed mm-hmm. and i for sure couldn't afford to go there so <laughs> i would go uh to like riff every any chance i'd get would which which would be at least once a week and I would like low key try to find something every time. And at that time, I was already kind of like, oh, like if I get bored of something, I will try to sell it. I was on Craigslist a lot, um, looking at shoes and even like uh, selling shoes on there. Cause at that time, that was like, I would say the main thing locally. Cause I didn't like buying stuff online. Like I knew a lot of people would scam on eBay and all that type of stuff. So I always like to do local stuff. But yeah, I was a customer. And then one day, like I would come in so consistent, I would always talk to the guys, which were like Ed and Manny. And Jeff, and then um, one day I remember I came in and asked me like, "Yo, like, what do you what do you do on the weekends? Like, I see you come usually on the weekends. Like, oh, you want to like start working here? Um, like to start on the weekends? I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I'm down. And like inside, I was like super hyped because <laughs> I really wanted to work there. But I, you know, like again, me being shy, I wasn't gonna be like, "Yo, y'all hiring? What's good?" <laughs> so yeah, I was like working at a uh, Pet Boys at that time, Woo! and then. Um, yeah, they started giving me uh, more time and it made me quit. And I was also going to school, but TBH, I wasn't like into it. So dropped out of school and stopped working at Pet Boys when I started working at Riff for Real. Damn. So wait, damn, that's crazy. You work Okay, just to let you guys know, look, obviously you see DC, he got on the craziest shoes all the time. Like I always see him, I'm like, yo, what are those? And it's like crazy amount of fucking price. But... I think that just shows a lot. Like you were at Pet Boys, you're mm-hmm. working at school, and then now you just kind of like transitioned over. Was the transition from going to like, I guess, a regular nine to five mm-hmm. to working in something that you wanted to work at, was it difficult or was it like, oh, I like it's good now? I, I was stoked to be honest with you because like, you know, Pet Boys like super corporate and all that. And mm-hmm. I was there for like two years part time while I was going to school. Yeah. I know it'd be boring as hell sometimes. Like I would just be chilling uh at the parts counter and like yeah, like I even at that time, I mean I've always kind of been into cars. So I even tried automotive school because I was working there and that flopped. And also uh, <laughs> but yeah, but like when I started working at Riff, it just like I would look forward to going there. Like I would be like, yo, like this is fun, like this is cool. Like I was I was hyped every time I was going to the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously, so you were there at Riff doing your thing. You you met Briss. How was it meeting him? Was there any like, did you, like, you got to be honest. Yeah. Was there any part of you where you were like, this, oh, this dude's really cool? Or did you feel like, yo, this dude's kind of weird? Like, what was it when you first met him? Nah, <laughs> I, I see that's the funny thing. Like, I, I don't even like think much of it. Cause I feel like even during that time, like, cause I already kind of knew Manny and yeah. I knew that like Chris got hired because um he knew manny and then like we kind of started working in the same week and i feel like it was like a thing where like we both started there together in a way so like it was never nothing like like it kind of just flowed like i feel like it wasn't like no awkwardness like from at least what i remember to start and like you know we spend the whole day together at the shop and then like it just turned around to even like us like kicking it outside of the shop and low-key i feel like that's one thing about rift that like since it didn't feel like work, it felt like we were always kicking it, like just regular, even though we were working. Yeah. Um, to the point where even like, yeah, we would like mess around after work, like, oh, we'll go to the gym also, like pause. we'll just do other stuff. Yeah, pause to that, but <laughs> you know, like just like go get into something, you know what I'm saying? Or we go out on the weekends and all that stuff. So but yeah, it it just flowed, I feel like it was like it wasn't nothing that was forced. Nice. And then Obviously, I'm in in the last episode. He said that uh-huh. you guys went into being like basically managers. Yeah. How do you think that transition from literally like what or nine months after you were like, oh shit, now I'm kind of running the store. How was that for you as like barely coming into the space and you're like, oh shit, now I got to take on this bigger role. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think it really like hit me because I I felt like I was doing the same thing that I was doing beforehand. Yeah, and it just like more so like 
all right, cool. Well, now, like, the work that I've been putting in is obviously being shown and, like, like people see, like, oh, damn, like, he's actually doing something. But I, I don't think it ever hit me really, like, damn, like, I'm a manager now. I feel like I was just always doing the same thing and it was yeah. cool, you know? Like, I just really enjoyed being there. So I never thought of it, like, yo, like, this is work and I'm, I'm bossing up or anything. It was just kind of like, yo, I was having fun with it. Yeah. And then was there... What was the moment where, because around that time, were you reselling or were you just simply just working there? Nah, like it would be kind of like a thing where I feel like even before I started working there, I would always be a trade guy, like where it's like I'd get rid of stuff. I mean, we all would, but I would like to like, all right, if I'm getting rid of something or if I'm getting something, I'm going to get rid of something else. Um so I was already reselling in a way at that time, but I, I just didn't view it as reselling because I just more so re- reviewed it as like recycling because I would kind of just swap stuff out, you know? Okay, okay. Was there ever a time that you were, so you weren't reselling at all? You were just recycling everything in and out? There wasn't like, a, oh, I made a big sale today, whatever. Well, or you I, at riff? Nah, so there was, it actually started while we were there, I would say the resale part because there would be times where like, it's kind of like here where we have a budget and like mm-hmm. Riff had a budget because Riff was the only store that was really buying for real at that time also. So there would be times where like, all right, well, the store can't buy and we had a little bread saved up. So we would buy and um, we would just consign it at the shop because we we're like, yo, we work here. And also like there was like besides Flight Club, there wasn't really like a gang of shops like there is now. So we would just sell there and even to start, like we would get like a little bit better of a consignment rate. So I would say that's for sure, like besides doing it for them, what got us into like reselling for real because we were just like, yo, if we're doing it for them, why can't we just start doing it for ourselves also, you know? Yeah, I think it was like we were uh, more of like, all right, we just want to recycle to get new stuff because yeah. obviously we couldn't afford to have everything exactly. like at the time. And then we just started like, oh, we can make money on this like on the side too yeah so it was just like all right bet like it was easy it was just an easy transition it's just like it's like here it's like it's easy work yeah Yeah. because even like how chris uh i believe he mentioned it in um his interview where even when we started at riff like for the first six months there was times where it was rough because like we were kind of like on a like a weird like internship deal not to get too into it so there would be times also where we like needed to get rid of stuff because like our paychecks weren't hitting the best yeah and but again like it was like more so just like kind of like I feel like I also learned a lot from that to start like learning how to manage money better and all that stuff and like kind of like understand a bit like you know what what I can and can't do or like you know we're kids and like nobody teaches you like all right like this is how you like survive or like like money management yeah yeah like even in school like we don't get like a money management course like in high school or any of that stuff. So it's kind of like you learn as you go. And I feel like even with that, it kind of helped me learn more. So like I was still dumb. Don't get me wrong. Like I would <laughs> blow my check every chance I get. But Jeez. I kind of like as time went, I was like, all right, like maybe I don't have to blow every check or maybe I can save a little to the side and like start uh, buying stuff that I could make a little bit extra bread off of and like keep turning that around, you know? Yeah, I think um, we just kind of like spend our money well, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing like I feel like people kind of like I don't want to say get it twisted, but they kind of like confuse sometimes. It's mm-hmm. like I buy something and I know at least I'm going to get equal or at least most of my value back when I buy something. Yeah. Like, um, it's not like I'm buying. Yeah. When I buy designer. Yeah. But I try to buy like certain pieces that I know they're going to like either value up or they're going to hold it or, or people are going to be interested. Um, and I'll get most of my money, my wear. So it's almost like renting a, an item at, yeah, I would say I feel it, it so is. We, and even like adding to that, um, I was big on like getting like lightly worn stuff because you know, as anybody knows, you buy a new shoe and as soon as you wear it, the value drops like yeah. crazy. Yeah. So one thing that I feel like I've always liked to do is like I don't mind if a shoe's worn once or twice, if it still looks mad clean, like I'm gonna wear it and it's gonna get that same wearing. So I was o- I was always big on like buying a lightly used item, getting my wears out of it. And I'd either get either my money back or, like, by the time I decided to sell it, like, it went up a little bit. So I would even make money on it on that end. So kind of just, like, learning, like, I guess you could say advantages of even being there and, like, learning from the back end to, like, apply it to my own life, you know? Yeah. And then, obviously, you're into shoes. You're doing it. That's why you're here. What was, like, the shoe that made you be, like, 
crazy about? Whether it was a Jordan 1, an SB, an Air Force, like what was that shoe that was like, yo, I need every single colorway, every pair, I don't care what it is. Like what was that one shoe for you? Like the shoe itself, I would say it would be like like a SB Dunk specifically. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the one that got me into it more because especially when I was like younger and I couldn't afford a lot of the shoes, um, which is like some of the ones I have here, would be like Air Forces because I feel like Nike was going hard with Air Forces like no other. Like because yeah. I feel like Air Forces has always been more of a staple in like Nike than like a Dunk per se. And just like even looking at like, again, like online on the blogs and the forums, like you had like on this side, I would say uh, like the Air Max crew or Air Mac crew. Um, and in New York, you had like ATF, you know what I'm saying? Like for like people that know like sneakers, they know what I'm talking about. And like seeing like the stuff that they had. And I was just like, oh, damn, like that shit's cool to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like being able to like maybe one day, like I never thought I'd have some of the stuff that I've been able to come across. But I would say that's what really made me feel like, yo, like this is fire to me, you know? Speaking of ATF, I remember you, you could show the the UN nose. Um, I remember uh, being uh, being at a round two. Yeah, and I remember I, I think I was off that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I you was, were. I was off, and I was walking. <laughs> I remember you off. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then I'm I'm on Delancey by the Bank of America, and I look inside. And I was like, "Is that fucking DC?" Yeah, <laughs> and then I go inside and I hit him from the back, and I'm like, "Pause." <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god! So so I'm like, "Yo, what's up? What you doing? You need another bank run or what?" Uh -huh. And then because at that point, I don't think DC had full access to the accounts. Yeah. yeah. And then he's just like, now nah, I'm coming to my personal. And I'm like, the fuck are you buying? And he's just yeah. like, oh, fucking all day came in and he wants 3,500 for these crazy ass air forces. Jeez. If I'm correct, I don't know if it was more or less. Nah, it was, it was less. It was like 25 or something. 25. Okay. So it was like something with a five. Yeah. But I remember I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And then I remember he would always want those at Riff. And I think it was a shoe that wasn't for sale at Riff. Yeah, it was wasn't for sale at. I think Riff, the the only person that had it was uh ne what, no what was the other uh, fuck I forgot so, his name. So right when I started working at Round Two and before I moved to New York, yeah, Kaysom, yeah, that, one of yeah. our our good like old friends from that time, and um, <coughs> I think he still has a store in uh Fox Hills called Metro Fusion, if I believe. He was always big on Air Forces, and he always had the craziest Air Forces. Yeah. And yeah, we had one that came into Riff. Uh, they didn't want to sell it to me, but also I couldn't afford it at that time. And then even right before I moved to New York, he brought in a pair to round two. Um, and same thing, I couldn't afford it at that time. And I was just like, yo, like, these are crazy. So whatever, <clears throat> fast forward to New York, all day, uh, pulled up, shout out to all day, he's a goat. Yeah. Um, he would always sell us a bunch of shoes, crazy shoes at that. And But he knew I was into like stuff like this. So like he'll pop in randomly with like just random stuff. And then one day he was like, yo, I got something I think you'd want. And I was like, all right, bro, like, let me see. Yeah, what you got? And then he pulled these out. I'm like, fuck. And all like, day, all day had like a thing like that where he knew you yeah. wanted something. So he was yeah. just like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go like get him yeah. for these yeah. shoes. Like he had that, he had that way of like, cause he, we talked to him, he was a good friend of ours. Yeah. And he brought these in and immediately he like is, you know, we both had that look on our face like, fuck. Like, and he's like, starts laughing and, all right, bro, what the fuck do you want for those? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're kind of like, fuck, I need them, but you're going to take me to the paint. Yeah, <sighs> so whatever. Like, you know, like, if you, I think he gave me a good price. Yeah. Like, he showed me love on it just because, again, it's not something you see every day. And I don't, I honestly don't know the numbers, uh, like how many pairs of them they made, but that's another reason why I'm still, I still have them. I've worn them a couple times and looking, I'm sick. I wore them with black denim once. I see that right them. now. Yeah, but it's like, what do they, what do they go for right now? Uh, last I seen a DS pair was like 5k. Jeez. So, um, in your size or just, in general? uh, just available, yeah, right? Just yeah. available. Yeah. yeah Cause there, there's not that many pairs floating around, but nice. it's just one of those pairs that again, I never thought I would have. So the fact that I, I was able to cop it and especially from somebody like that, I was like, yo, like, yeah. The only person that I see consistently post something that has like PG nose. Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> That's it. Literally, literally Paul. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> what's Air the, what's the next shoe you got over there? I was there for that too. This one's actually a funny story. This is all New York? Yeah, that was New York. This right. one's actually a funny story. Um, so if y'all know what this is, this is Entourage Air Force One. Okay. Made, uh, made after the HBO show. Uh, 
that show. Favorite show? It's one of my favorite shows because if you guys watch the show, like, it gives you, like, a glimpse of, like, a L.A. Hollywood lifestyle because that's not, like, real L.A. It's just, like, the Hollywood scene, Mm. which, but it's cool the way they do it because it's just, like, a bunch of homies kicking it. They all, like, play their part in, like, their entourage, like, what they do and, like, how, how they're a part of, like, their friend group or whatever. But yeah, the show's dope. Um, and even I remember the, sh- the episode with this one. So basically, uh, one of the main characters was beasting for these. And it's actually a collab with Undefeated. So in the show, he went to Undefeated. Um, couldn't get the shoe. So his homie, who was an actor, Vince, um, pulled some strings. The dude that made it in the show, per se. Um, he He linked up with him. And he surprised them with a special pair that was like a one-on-one, which was gold. But personally, I think these are better. They did have like some of the sample pairs that uh, people have, like some of the like crazy shoe collectors. Yeah. But yeah, this one was kind of nuts because it was on a day. It was on a Saturday. Somebody came in. Uh, and, you know, we'd have lines around two sometimes when we open, like depending on what we post the night before. And uh, Saturdays, Chris didn't work, so I would open up shop. And I remember I would walk by <laughs> uh, and there was like this crazy ass, if y'all know what it is, it's an SS truck. It's like a Chevy, but it like, it's an absurd looking car. And this one was like, looked like it was fresh out the wash with flames all over it. They came to the buying counter like, yo, like um, we got some shoes we want to sell. And I was like, all right, what y'all got? And they're like, oh, so we actually buy storage units. And we came across like, uh, like an old, like athletes storage unit and they have a bunch of crazy shoes. And they're like, all right, well, like bring them in i'll check them out whatever mm-hmm. so it was literally a bunch of crazy ass air forces and they came in clear boxes so like i could see immediately when they was walking in what they was bringing and i was just like fuck nah and then like i started looking at through them and at the time like again like going back to like uh we talked about this in one of the other episodes like i know what would sell in the store and what wouldn't like and i know what people like thankfully and what don't what they don't like mm-hmm. but just because I like it don't mean that they're going like it, vice versa, whatever. So it was a bunch of crazy stuff that they did their research on it so they knew what it was. Ugh, so they yeah. didn't want like... They weren't, they weren't taking the low. Nah, yeah, nah, nah. They knew like, yo, I could get good money for these because this isn't stuff you see every day. Yeah. So Jeez. I like cut straight to the chase. I was just like, yo, like this ain't stuff the store would take, but like you got one pair that I would want to buy personally. So whatever. Um, We ended up coming to a deal, obviously, because even like what Chris said in that episode too, like... If it was something you knew you wanted and you were at the buying counter, you're not letting that leave. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, uh, I ended up paying three for these. Um, and it was, yeah, yeah, 3K. Yeah. And it was one of the most, like, I've paid for a pair, like, cash. Because, yeah. you know, I'm, like, big on trades. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's something that I never thought I would see. And I think now the shoe's worth, like, 10K. Jeez. And you're so. probably never going to see it for sale. Yeah. And if it is, tax. It's tax. Or auction. Yeah. Like, even um, Sotheby's had an auction last year for them. And they sold that one for dummy high. So dummy high. it's like, it's a nostalgic thing. Even I, I don't think I've only worn it like once or twice. Like yeah. I've barely worn this one, but it's a nostalgic thing. And it's kind of just like, I don't ever see myself getting rid of it just because again, I never thought I would have this one. Yeah. So, Damn, but, it seems like a lot of the stuff you got was in New York. Well, That's where the real plug was at. Well, low key. <laughs> it was also because like, I feel like at that time, like again, after years of like, trial and error or even learning like i was a little bit smarter with my money i had a little bit extra money to spend and yeah like i wasn't stupid so i would save more money at that time so i had a little bit more like um yeah i had a little bit more capital to play with so um yeah that's how i was able to get these all right cool and then want to end off with this last with this next one yeah so this one um is actually a bespoke um what does that mean sorry it's a custom it's, it's bespoke? a, cu- it's yeah, a bespoke. custom but technically it's not like custom it's like, like a one of one it's a one of one that i made through nike so oh, okay. in new york they have this um, they used to have it i don't think they have it anymore. yeah they yeah. clipped yeah. it uh 21 mercer r.i.p mm-hmm. um they used to have a program where you could go and make your own air force or air max yeah one yeah, and like basically they, they let you choose like premium materials and they would switch it off like every couple months, I believe, what materials were available. And same thing, like it was one of those things where like back in my blog days, I would see like people like from ATF crew, like people like all day fucking making a bunch of crazy ass ones <laughs> yeah. that you can make there. Because literally, um, depending on how, you, how cool you are with them, they let you get pretty like creative with them and do like a lot of interesting things. So it was like kind of always something I wanted to do. And I was able to get in contact with the people over there mm-hmm. and 
uh, me and Chris, actually, Chris made one too. We were able to make one. So um, I wanted to just make something that I thought I could wear every day. Yeah. And that wasn't like too loud or crazy because you could literally almost do anything you want with them. Yeah. And yeah, so like my favorite color is purple and I just pick like a calm like colorway. So I wear these here and there. Also like uh, for it being a bespoke, it's a thousand dollars, but like I feel That's like- That's how much retail was? Yeah, yeah retail, retail was a thousand. Yeah, to make yeah. it a thousand dollars. So it's like, it's kind of like an exclusive thing because also like, I'm pretty sure anybody can make it, but you got to know like who to ask to yeah. make it. And the fact that you can't do this anymore, I feel like it kind of makes it even special. Like even on the tag on the inside, it's a sample tag, but it has my name on it. Fire. So like, I don't know. It's just like, I would say it means a lot. It's like a sentimental thing too, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I've worn them a good amount of times. And even I think because it's a good, like actually a well-made shoe. Yeah. It's, it looks like it. It, it looks great. Has still, it, like, has anyone ever like come up to you and be like, yo, what the fuck are those? Where'd you get those? Uh, Not really. Like, kind of get overlooked. I feel like it gets overlooked, which I'm cool with, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, like, I'm happy with it. So it's not like, like, I feel like even now, like, yeah, I used to wear certain things for, I would say like, oh, how the fuck you got that now? But now with the internet and everything, like, it's not the same thing, you know? Yeah. Like, now I just wear stuff because I like it. Like, it's mm. not like I'm like, damn, or like, I'm you got these. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made that in 2019 and now looking back, what, three, four years later, yeah, it's a core purple SB. Air Force. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. That's dude. what I, I was kind of looking at. No, but I'm saying it's just like now somebody would be like, yo, that's like, because you know, remember SBs? Yeah. The ATF crew always had an Air Force Inspired. version of the SB. Yeah. They would There's be actually able- one right behind you. <laughs> oh my God. Here we go. Yeah. Hey, cut DC to check, Nike. Come on. <laughs> he did it first. No, yeah, but he, damn, funny really story good, about bro. this. So DC made the appointment and we went and yeah. we were telling all day about it the whole week. We were like, yo, we're yeah, going to go yeah. do a bespoke. Ah, we were hyped. Blah, 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 like, blah. It was, it we was walk in and guess who we see there making a bespoke all day. Oh, y'all here, man. <laughs> exactly. no, no, but all day, like he he told us he would make like a bespoke like once a week That's yeah, or like, something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if he has the most bespokes ever made. He got some crazy ones like Air Forces, Air Maxes. And then he got his logo on there. Too. Yeah, you got the ATF logo, which is crazy. But um, we're gonna take a little break. DC's gonna continue telling us the rest of his uh sneakerhead story, <laughs> and we'll be right back. Peace. All right, we're back. A little food break. A little wava girl. You know that's how we eat. Charged okay. up. A little free drill. Charged up. We're back with DC. Um, what's up? So you had it. I don't have it. No, I'm just kidding. No, so, um, so you know, you left. For, we all left for if. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah. obviously you went to Houston. Little intermission. Uh, the, 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 did your little thing out there. Um, and then you went to round two, and then obviously New York. We'll get back to New York because I feel like you didn't really do much in LA at the start. Um, so <clears throat> when you were getting ready to move to New York, what was like your thought process? Like as in when I just got back from Houston. Yeah, like what was like what was going through your head? Like let's say when you clicked the phone when I called you. So honestly, with that, it was like I feel like just even that time I was in like a very weird stage in my life because um, I had just moved back from Houston, and to be honest with you, like Houston didn't go how I thought it was gonna go. Like I lived there for like about two years. Um, Damn. And I was working a retail store, and it was like I was miserable there, like. It's not the same as working like a buy, sell, trade store or whatever you want to call it. And like I knew it wasn't my thing. And it was funny because even when I lived out there um, and Chris was already working at round two, he had offered me a job like before I had came back. But I like I don't know if I was just I was probably just being a pussy and like not ready to like jump back to L.A. yet to where I was just like, oh, like I was still trying to give Houston a chance and everything. That was like, oh, no, like, uh. Like, I'm okay right here, like, still, even though I wasn't. Uh-huh. And um, I think that's actually when David got hired. So whatever. Um, I couldn't take it no more after some time, and I moved back to L.A. So I was already back in L.A., and I remember he called me. I was just like, yo, like, I got a spot open again. Like, what's up? And at this time, I was already back, and I was trying to, like, leave the situation I was in. So I thought it was, like, you know, perfect time. And, like, all right, cool. Well, like, I'm going to get back here. Um, I was still doing the other thing that I was doing, like, my old job or whatever. And while I was working round two, because I started off slow at round two, like, one, two days type deal. So it was cool to start. And it was, like, a thing where I knew I was coming back because he was going to New York or going to round two. And then I remember one day he just hits me, like, yo, um, they actually need a manager out here because um, I guess Russo was leaving or something like that. 
So it was like, yo, what's up? Like, you trying to come to New York? Yeah. And to be honest with you, I, I was like a little iffy at first because I had just moved back to LA. And I was like, damn, like, I just got back. But it was two things. One, I think I wanted to, like, in my own head, like, redeem myself. Was like, yo, like, Houston didn't work out for me. But maybe New York can. Yeah. And two, like, as much as I love living here and even, like, like coming back. Because I would, I would visit frequently, like, every month or so. I felt like even when I came back, like, a lot of people that I knew and, like, like were my friends and everything... When I came back, even after I was being gone for two years, I feel like everybody was like kind of low key doing the same thing for the most part. Like, yeah, I feel like there wasn't a lot of like I didn't feel like I missed nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't feel like damn, I was gone and like I missed out on so much or like this, this and that. I feel like a lot of people were just doing the same thing, and I was just like, yo, like I got nothing tying me down. Screw it, let's see what happens, you know. And I feel like honestly, that was one of the best decisions I made because New York, I feel like treated me good, like. I had a little, I had a cushion, you know, like when we started, when I started at round two out there, like we had the the round two house on second street for six months. So that gave me a chance to like get my like feet wet. And obviously I, I was going with the job and everything. So yeah. it was, it was more enticing too, to just go out there and like just start off fresh and kind of just see how it goes. But yeah, I think that, that was like the main thing. I was just like, yo, like, like, fuck it. You know, sometimes you just got to say, fuck it. Like. I feel like a lot of us, like we we put self limits on ourselves, where we think we can't do something, or we like try to give ourselves excuses to where it's like, "Damn, I can't do this." And but like that's just all in our head. Like sometimes you really just gotta say "fuck it" and do it because some some of the best decisions I've made in my life have been when I just say "fuck it" and And just do it and just keep it pushing. So yeah, and I feel like that's something that I've literally from hearing all these stories through like you and Manny and obviously like with Briss as well, Mm -hmm. it was always like you were just young and Mm -hmm. you were just like, fuck it, I'm going to take this step. Like, I'm going to leave Pet Boys, I'm going to leave school, I'm going to go to fuck with Riff. Then I'm going to go to Texas. Then I'm going to go back to LA. Then I'm going to go to New York. Mm -hmm. And then obviously New York didn't work out because it did, but then the pandemic. Oh yeah, so that was funny too because um, like even in New York, like I was chilling out there. Like I I enjoyed my time out there and I feel like I did a lot while I was out there. I, I got to like do everything that I wanted to do and then some. And I never I didn't leave with no regrets. But yeah. the funny thing was, because of the pandemic, I was about to sign another lease for another year. Yeah. Right before um the pandemic was announced. And for <laughs> some reason, like it didn't go through. And so I was like, yo, fuck it. I'm gonna just move back to LA. Like my family's here. Who the hell knows what's gonna happen with the world? Literally. And um Round two was it like there was a spot in round two for me to come back and like at least have something to, to do when I came back to LA and yeah. All right. Quick personal question for me. Sure. When I was there, what'd you uh-huh. think of me from the beginning? Bruh. Uh I just wanna know. Cause I feel like I feel like until I think working here, uh-huh. I kind of realized like, oh, that's just how DC is. Like with people, I always thought like, yo, this dude's being mean to me, but I'm like, I guess I gotta prove myself, you know. But nah, it's just, you know, th- that's how DC it, is. The yeah. thing is, like, I'm a very quiet person if you don't know me. Like, I, I'm very reserved. I give myself a chance to get to know people first okay. because I don't know. I, like, I know how to be cordial and everything, but I don't um, just like, I can't just immediately be cool with somebody as soon as I meet them. That's not, yeah. like, in my DNA. Like, I've said before, like, okay, makes sense. even beforehand, I used to be even way more shy. Like, I'm, I speak because, you know, I have to and, like, it's part of my profession. But on a personal level, like, it takes a lot for me to start, like, feeling comfortable with somebody and kind of let my guard down, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just because um, that's just how I am, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like that's something that low-key a lot of people probably think, like, yo, this guy's a dick or, like, this guy don't fuck with me. When in reality, I'm just, like, real mellow, real calm. I, I don't really, like, push myself on anybody. But after a while, like, if I'm around you and I, and I think you're cool, like, or, like, you know, we spend more time around each other. Then I open up a bit more, you know? I just have, like, a, I guess a really big guard, but it's definitely nothing personal against nobody. Yeah, so I, you, I remember when I would walk around Soho in my days, I was some, uh, the first, when he first got there, like, yo, what's up with that Puerto Rican cat? <laughs> 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 what, are you like, oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. I was just like, 
Um, like people would say that, and I'd be like, "Who, who the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> the Puerto and then it was guy. DC when he first got there, yeah. because it was like it was like almost like night and day at the start. It was like you would get me, which was like the whole like, wah, 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 yeah. and then we, <laughs> then you would get DC, and obviously DC is DC. Yeah. But yeah, um, <laughs> I wanted to ask him. Um, when I went to Chicago, how was that? Like, cause that was like your first time running that. St- cause like, what people don't understand about New York is that like. Everybody in New York always gives me the credit. Like, literally, like, oh, bris this, bris that, bris, 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 But DC, like, low-key built that store with me. Facts. Um, so when I left to, uh, what's it called? Chicago? Chicago. Oh, you left DC at the I, He was there alone with Dima. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how was that whole, like, experience of, like, all right, now it's my turn? Um, for me, I feel like it It was kind of like, I think it's like a good and a bad thing, like me on a personal level. I never really let things like overwhelm me or like kind of like, I don't think things through until kind of like later sometimes to where it's like, or like, I'm, I'm a very in the moment person. So I don't think like, oh shit, like, damn, like I got this big ass thing to do now. I kind of just, again, like I just be like, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like even with you going to Chicago, like I knew there was a chance that like it was going to be me running that store at that time. But to me, it was kind of like, like I I wasn't say I want to say I was scared or anything. I feel like it was just me taking on more responsibility that I thought I was going to have to take on, which I was cool with because even it was a funny thing, like a lot of people didn't know. Um, So like, again, talking about like, uh, like having a budget and all that stuff like even on days when we work at round two like it was funny because we would have like all right we start with x amount of money and like me and chris obviously we work together a lot and like days he would open i would i would do the second half like we would take turns on the buying counter so sometimes uh by the end of the day i would have to be like uh the store credit guy per se so that's why some another thing why people probably thought like oh like this guy don't mess with me when in reality you know i was just doing my job yeah it was actually a it was funny though because it would be when I would work with Luke like just me and Luke would run the store that it was really bad because Luke like bro that motherfucker would spend the money in two seconds <laughs> Luke was literally like we open up shop and somehow some way he'd find a way to spend the money Gone. as yeah 1245 like, yo it. DC get on the counter yeah like I get it like you don't want to be the guy that's like yo store credit or yo you're dubbing because then yeah. like even out there like I feel like people are more like yo what's up bro like you, you why you yeah like oh you don't mess with me that's why yeah. you don't want to buy my stuff when in reality it's like bro like like, I'm just doing my job. Like, but yeah, it was like when I would work with Luke more that because literally, like you said, 15, 20 minutes in, all right, you're on the counter for the rest of the day, but you can't spend money. Yeah. But yeah, nah, I think by that time I felt like real comfortable already with the store. So I just, I was cool with it. Um, but I'm not going to lie. Like when I first moved to New York, it was like, oh shit. Cause the pace <laughs> out there is so different. Um, the people are more on your face, but it's just like anything else. Once you get used to it, um, you know, like it, it was cool. Like I, I learned the rhythm and it is definitely a different speed than out here, but it's a good thing, you know? And I feel like out there has like, it taught me like, yo, like you can handle what you do out here. You're like, you're lucky you can handle anywhere, any, any place, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just like things are always in motion. And a lot of people don't understand that because they've never been through it. Like they're used to just like moving slow-mo or they just, I guess people just think things are going to get done on their own, but it's like, dude, like, no, you always got to be in motion. Like, yeah. Like, so like that's obviously how you, keep pushing. you were there and then Briss came back after the Chicago opening. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, uh, I came back like two months later mm-hmm. to close out the year and then bring in the new year and then pandemic. Boom. Yeah. So ob- you came back to LA. Mm-hmm. You were here. What was your, you're still going to be the manager of LA, correct? Nah. So or- it's actually funny because, um, like, when I like I I'm not I'm not gonna get too into it, mm-hmm. but I basically got demoted when I got back to LA, and I was just like personally I was like damn like I knew what I brought to the company you know mm-hmm. I'm not a person that kind of like announces what I do I just do like I'm just a, I'm just a doer you know like I don't, I don't really say what I do, but if you see me work you know I get I get things done yeah so like knowing I was coming back to LA and knowing who was like running the shop like one of them was like my guys and I know like what he could do. And then the other one was somebody else. I won't say no names. But I'm like, yo, like, I run, like, not to be rude, I run laps around, like, these people, especially coming from New York. Yeah. But I got, like, demoted to, like, 
because I get it. Like, it's like also like, oh, like just because you move back to L.A., like we're not going to just like demote them either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I felt like coming back to L.A., it kind of made me realize like, yo, like besides also the pandemic, like I got to step it up on a personal level. Like nothing is guaranteed, like yeah. and nothing's promised. So I feel like I became like it made me like more disciplined in the sense of like I was smarter with like saving money spent like I wasn't spending as much. I was like starting to like kind of just be in my own zone to where I was like, yo, like I know I need to do something else. Um, eventually, like I've been with this company X amount of years and it's not going to last forever. And also like, like. I don't want to have to depend on nobody because with the pandemic, I feel like it was one of those things where I either made you step your shit up or it just made you like, just be like, all right, whatever. And I feel like it really helped me step my shit up and kind of be like, yo, like, again, like nothing's guaranteed. Like I got, I got to make sure that if worse comes to worse or if I'm not here no more, I got something to fall back on or I can start doing something else. Yeah. So obviously I feel like that, there was like, that was your, would you say like, that was kind of like your transition to me and like, all right, you know what? Like, I think it's time to do my own thing, obviously, which is this now mm -hmm. and you, everyone linking up. What was that moment where you were kind of like, I'm over this. I'm ready to like move on to the next chapter. Um, so it kind of start. it actually didn't start at the pandemic. It started, um, when Chris came back from Chicago uh -huh. because oh, what a lot of people don't know is um, I was offered to go to Chicago after Chris because, like, I guess they just needed somebody to run that store or whatever. Yeah. And to me, like, I was already at that point in my life, like, damn, like, I've already lived here. I've already lived here. Do I really want to start over again if I'm not somewhere where I'm already at or going back to L.A. per se? Yeah. And so whatever, like, it was a lot of back and forth. And, like, to me, the numbers weren't right. Like, it didn't make sense for me. And to see the shift in like how I was like to treat it per se. Like yeah. it was kind of just like, like, all right, well screw you in a way. And I was just like, damn. So like, I guess everything I've done doesn't mean nothing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you kind of felt like disappointed in a way. Yeah. That was the first thing. And then like I said, like even when I came back to LA and I had that other conversation and it was just like, Oh, well you're, you're just an employee at this point. Basically yeah. I was just like, all right, bet. Like I really need to get out of here. Cause I've already plateaued. And one thing like, I don't like feeling like I'm stepping backwards. Like I like to always feel like I'm progressing. Like, yeah, we all have our ups and downs, but if I'm already seeing that there's nowhere else for me to go here, that lets me know in my head, like, yo, I got to start prepping for the next thing because yeah. I'm, it's already clipped here. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's part of life. Like nothing lasts forever, you know? So I feel like those two things together was like, all right, cool. Like I got to step it up because if I don't do it, for myself, nobody else is going to do it. So Exactly. And, I think yeah. the, the biggest difference between me and D.C. that I've learned throughout the years is D.C. would just stay quiet and be like, blah, blah, blah. I'm the opposite. I'm going to troll you. <laughs> I'm going to troll yeah. the entire company. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. troll you till you're like, oh, shit, this motherfucker. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's all on Twitter. <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So, like. No, it's very true. No, like, <laughs> and that's the thing. It's Clip just like, big, because I'll talk to you. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I talk to, like, my old bosses. I talk to partners and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I, like, tell them, like, yo, you need to do this, do that, do that, do that. And then get on your phone and kind of just look at me like if I just said nothing or mm -hmm. like you just you hit me with like, oh, I think I actually just do good in here. And I'm just like, bro, we work in two different stores <laughs> or like or I, I don't think like the ultimatum was just like bef not getting too into detail in Chicago was mm -hmm. you either do Chicago or you're fucking fired. Yeah. So it's just like that was the ultimatum. And I was just like, bro, I just built New York for you. Like yeah, to exactly. me, I was just like, obviously, it was like harder. It was that that story was just way worse, but like obviously that's the easiest way I could say it. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah. So like after I talk to them and talk to like my bosses, blah blah blah. If you don't see the point that I'm trying to put put, because obviously my best interest is was round two and now a syndicate. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna just have fun with it. You yeah. know, I'm gonna just troll you. Like I'm gonna make you be like, damn, this motherfucker hates me. But in reality, yeah. I don't hate you. I'm just over here trying to fucking egg you on because. I've talked to you already yeah. and it just didn't get through like your head, you know? So maybe this will. Maybe this will or it's just like, or at this point, uh, I'm just fucking rude, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But that, I would do that to round two. Like yeah. I would do that to, I'd fucking be like, I'm working this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Even yesterday I was in here and I was just like, I'm here, blah, blah, blah. Like, blah. Yeah. like that's, like that's just the way I am. But it's just like. Yeah, it's like, but I feel like also you being that way and being, being 
me being the way I am is also kind of like a reason why we work so well together. Cause yeah. like we each bring our, our attributes to the table. And like, I, I think we're able to work well off each other because of that, because you do what you do and I do what I do. And, and it works. Well, and that, works. and then also like when you went to New York, you experienced something else that people like that just uh, like they stay you in the same place. Like, it's just yeah. like, it's like yeah. the fucking, uh, what is that fucking animal that does the thing in the circle? The hamster. Oh and yeah. It's just like you're doing that your whole life, you know, like you got to break out of that and go exactly. do something else. Like, no, that's why even like, that's why I said like even earlier when, um, I came back from Houston and I spent like those couple months in LA before I moved to New York. I saw it too. And I was like, yo bro, like a lot of these people that I know are still doing, doing the same thing. Yeah. Like it just felt like I didn't miss nothing. Yeah. And it, it was easier for me to just be like, all right, screw it. What's next? Yeah. Like, what's yeah. Next? Like, um, Kobe's here, but then, um, mm -hmm. Angel, same thing. Angel, mm -hmm. I was talking to him to come here from New York and he was very like, I don't know. My friends, this, my friends, that. So he came here and how long was he here? Like six, seven months before he went back to New York. Mm -hmm. He went back to New York and he told me, bro, you were right. The people are going to the same bar. Mm -hmm. The people are doing the same thing. And then he was like, over here, you know, I'm seeing new things. Yeah. It's yep. different. He fucking got it. He has, to, Angel has two jobs. Yeah. You know, like, and but, stuff like that, that like in his head, he's just like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. Um, Even Kobe, he's like traveling now, like yeah. in California. He's yeah. seeing things that I haven't even seen in California. <laughs> <laughs> Snowboarding, <laughs> doing the whole. Yeah. yeah, yeah so going to I feel like it's stuff like that. You get out of your comfort zone yep. you and you, you get in weird situations. Like in Chicago, after that conversation, I literally went home to the basement. Uh, it was a nice basement. It, it was a very nice basement. Like, I'm not even trolling. Like, this was a three-story house, beautiful okay, okay, house, okay. like, beautiful house that Russo had. But I was so mad that I cried the whole night. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning, which was the grand opening, I literally told myself, I'm a fucking crush it today. Yeah. Uh, so that day, I bought, I pictured, I inputted, I did every single thing. And uh -huh. Luke Russo would come up to me like, yo, you need help? And I'll just, like, bug him off. I'm like, nope, yeah, I got like, it. Nope, I got it. Nope, I got it. And it was just to me like, all right, again, like I'm going to show you what I can do. So Chicago just became a whole like, mm -hmm. all right, I'm out of my comfort zone. I don't want to be here. Yeah. I didn't want to talk to girls. I, I started going to the gym again. Like I still like I literally didn't want to do nothing but finish yeah. my work and go home. Yeah. So I put kind of like put the battery on your back basically. It, it put like a not even a weird, it just like a weird taste because I was just like, bro, like I've done all this for you. And yeah. it kind of reminds you like, or, well, at least to me, like that as long as you're working for somebody like you're always going to be under someone you're always going to be under somebody and you never know like even everything you've done for them like yeah. when the switch up will come it's going to come unfortunately like i feel like with most places it happens because you know people get people grow and like sometimes you outgrow the place that you're in yeah and not everybody can accept that so yeah, I feel that. No, yeah. So then after all that, then we like push forward to you coming back. Then yep. I left round two. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah. So like when in your head where you're like, all right, you know, like we're actually getting serious about this store. Like we're going to open it. I would say um, once we like were in the talks of a space being this space. Yeah. Because we were looking for like a couple months while we were still over there. Well, like I was looking and um because chris was still in new york and like i feel like even during that time it's like oh something's not good enough or oh so it's this like you'd find like or at least i would find like little excuses like oh why something might not work but i would say once this we saw this one and it's kind of like yo this looks like it has like the most potential out of everything we've seen and it was just like, all right. And once like the paperwork started coming in and all that, that's when I was just like, oh shit, this is real. Yeah. Cause even with like, uh, the first thing we did was the, like the LLC thing. Um, even then I was just like, oh, like this could still fizz out. You know what I'm saying? But once I feel like this became like signed and delivered all that, that's when I was just like, oh shit, this is really happening. Yeah. And then were you scared at like any point where like, where you, was there any part of you that were like, oh, fuck, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't, know, I don't think we should do this. Or you kind of just like, fuck it. <laughs> like, um, Yeah, no, 100%. Like, especially when, when I left round two. Like, yeah. that it was like a month span of like the shop not being open and no certainty of an open date. Yeah. I was just like, damn. Like, because even though like we knew it was coming, the uncertainty of, damn, I don't got to like, constant money coming in now i don't have a paycheck that i could rely on all that yeah. type of stuff 
Um, or yeah, I remember I would always tell him like, yo, be ready to not get paid for a bit. Yeah, because I I still had a job out there, so I was just like, yo, when you quit, yeah, just know that's gonna be a couple months. And what people don't know is like we had to get approved for uh, ADP, which mm-hmm. is that it? yeah ADP, yeah. which is the payroll system. Mm-hmm. So even for like the first couple of months, we weren't getting paid. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, just like even though like thankfully I was already like a little bit more like responsible from like the pandemic and learning a lot from that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just the, that uncertainty and like even the first couple months, it was like yeah we we were open and whatnot, but like Chris said like there's been weeks or like times where we don't pay ourselves because you know we got to make sure the bills get paid first and just knowing how to adapt from that and like i feel like i prepared myself pretty well for it like considering how long we've been here and all that but like yeah not everybody knows how to do that like some people really just think like yo like this is going to be lit overnight and that's not how things work like it's something you still got to build yeah we know a lot of people yeah like we know how to do our job because we've been doing it for almost a decade but that doesn't mean that things are just going to happen and like yeah. you could just expect like money raining from the floor or like <laughs> yeah, if we're not guys. putting in the work that that it's not that you know like it's not just going to come you know and i feel like that's one of the biggest things like i see the work that some of us put in and i see that it's working yeah so it's like damn like to me it makes me want to go harder cuz it's just like yo like clearly what we're doing is working and you know like I would hope like that energy kind of just fills off to other people also. It doesn't all the time, but you know, like it doesn't stop me from still doing my part and being like, yo, like I still got to go hard. You know what I'm saying? Cause at the end of the day, like you can't rely on other people also. Like sometimes you just got to say, you're either going to go with the train or you're going to get, you know, tossed off. That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, um, yeah, it's one of those things where you just got to like get to it Mm -hmm. and, um, how do I say it without fucking up? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, you're learning as you go. And then with me, it's just like, all right, cool. Like I know, like essentially I'm like, all right, me and DC are like, we've always been like that, like engine, like Mm -hmm. we're just like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do that, blah, blah, blah. Like, and stuff like that. But we're short on time. Um, this is a first of two parts for the DC interview. Um, so in all the comments, let us know what you guys want to know from DC. What you guys, any questions, literally yeah, any questions you guys have, let us know. Hit and us then the we're going to get back to it next Hit week. Us in the DMs. And then we'll get back to you guys. Yes, sir. Peace Start out. credit out. Yeah. Peace out. Like, I'm very struck. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are. Like, yeah, you can let me see. You can let me see. You can let me see. Push us, by the way. Oh, yeah, we all got to do push us. Anyway, like, comment, rate, subscribe, uh, subscribe and all that. Hit the deck, hit the deck, hit the deck. If you're not hitting the deck right now, that's crazy. In the comments, how many pushups did you do? Cindy Fit, coming soon. Oh, we're doing the push-ups because we said the F word, which is fuego in English. So yeah, shout out DC. He's out here doing the push-ups, putting in that work. Let us know if you have questions for him, favorite shoe, anything you guys want. We'll do we'll do a little questions, you know, get DC involved, see his little background, whatever it is, let us know. Peace. Ow. I wanted. To, I was gonna ask, but obviously there was enough time. I wanted to ask: Can you tell us the story, your version of the story of having to go pick Chris up? Oh um, shit! Yeah, your version. Because I know we heard Chris's version. Chris's version. Chris's version of that. Chris told Chris's version. Damn. Yeah, that would have been good. Okay.